Yes, hello, I am James Rowland. Today, since I've been our free 90s Impact Bound for Glory, I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by Monty. How you doing, man? I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm finding a way to get through. Uh, not used to being here for Impact Review, but hey, I'm ready to, uh, you know, take a shot at, you know, reviewing some Impact. Well, I have to say, like I said, this is the first show that we've done since Halloween. And the haircut, I have had a new haircut since then. We raised uh, yeah. £300 for charity and the ponytail fund uh, just, uh, during that. But Paul Heyman and ECW, he'll never lie to the fans. He'll lie to the rest, but not the f- I'm very similar when it comes to that as well. I'll lie to everybody, but listen, I won't. And uh, so there's <laughs> a little kind of peek behind the curtain. So this first off, uh, a little bit of trouble trying to set this podcast up uh, as it goes. I've actually forgot, <laughs> <laughs> went back. Uh, an hour in the UK, and I didn't inform Monte waiting, so I apologise. No big deal, we're here now, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there's a reason, Monte, because I have dragged him kicking, and like I say, use uh, Enix and a bit of WWE. Actually, I've kind of made Monty do quite a bit of work <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> there's not many things I've not forced you to watch, actually, so I just <laughs> thank you for that. Um, but there is a kind of story behind it, like I said, the ultimate one, who has been packed, but he's very big. Uh, so hopefully he's stepped, uh, fair to say. Would... Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that uh, I, I I probably keep up with. I've kept up with from a distance, but I, I'm not really uh, watching match by match. I don't know every storyline. Uh, years ago, many, many years ago, I, re- I, I watched the impact a lot more, you know, uh, way back in the AJ Styles and more Joe Kurt Angle days. So, uh, honestly, off and on pretty much for a while, since like 2014 maybe, I've been watching them off and on. But really, I, I, I rarely get a chance to watch Impact now. So, yeah, I'm, I, I don't I don't want to consider myself an expert. I, I have an idea of how things usually work in Impact or, you know, and who, who are important, who are the best wrestlers on the roster, but – I'm not going to lie like I'm an, uh, an expert at all. So. Well, it'll be interesting, Japan, as well, guys, you're experienced from. Yeah. All. So that'll be interesting. They've got a couple of impacts and, of course, Bound for Glory. But it has been a couple of weeks, and, and usually kind of about, you know, shows or maybe knock about. And I think WWE knew that myself and Monty was going to do this show, so they decided to release more talent the past couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> it, are we a drinks? Because uh, every time we see update or something like that, it's a mass exit. Yeah, uh, at this point, it's, it's a drinking game altogether. You know, you just you just drink for every name that drop. You just take a sip for them, or 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 you might as well just take a shot for anything. You know, I I get it. It is it is it's insane. I, I don't really know what else to tell you. I'm numb to the feeling at this point. At this point, I pretty much just have uh, the opinion of please. It's, it's a great. We're we're really in a decent state in a lot of different wrestling organizations now. So uh, everyone is obviously not going to be WWE or whatever they consider their material is at this point. But I, I don't even know what to tell you, man. You know, it's just people that you think had a future, people you uh, thought you could have seen them in just great moments down the line, all gone. Some people that maybe you realized that it wasn't working at first, but then seeing it now, do you really realize, no, it's over now. It's, it's not even a chance of fixing it. You know, there's no way you can tell me that uh, 
that we could have saw this coming before, at the beginning of the year, just how many people they have let go this year, not even counting, you know, last year. Like this, just this year, they've let a mountain of talent go. And it, like I said, I'm numb to it at this point. I almost expected it at every quarterly update or something. I'm, I'm expecting something. It sucks, but that's where we're at now as far as, far as WWE's releases. Well, that doubt. And like you said, the guy who's UK game for WWE must fucking hate. But in, in all serious, you know, we talk about uh, what happened yesterday as well. You and I are both on Twitter. I'm at the WNR Podcast. You're at Mind of Monty Pod. Now, if you look on the bio, and it was kind of like WWE Today have got Fred of, uh, announcing the Survivor Series. Our reaction, uh, Frankie Monet, yeah. Ember Moon, Jesse Kamira, Katrina Cortez, Jeet Rama, Oni Lorkin, Trey Baxter, Zayda Ramira, Scarlet, B-Fab, Grand Metallic, Lince Dorado, Karen Cross, Harry <laughs> Smith, and me, all of um, I'm going to pick each one. I'm going to start with Frankie Monet. I actually by the end of the year. And I've never been wrong. In it. That was a th- then all young. Uh, the next name, Ember. I mean, what do you think of Ember? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's not like I think you mentioned it all the time. Her great match with, with Oscar and, uh, you know, what that did. and The feeling around women's wrestling, the feeling around NXT at that time, the feeling around Ember Moon a few years back before the major injury, and even just before she was on the main roster in general, uh, her entire main roster run that, that went on for a while, uh, she she seemed like she was going to be a, a major star in WWE uh, for years to come, and for her to just kind of like, you know, go to NXT, you know, have decent to really good matches and do a, have a pretty good team with Sasha Blackheart, and to now just to be basically irrelevant the last few months since they rebranded to NXT. That's why this really wasn't that much of a surprise to me. It just seemed like they were, they had her in limbo and a, someone with that talent, I don't understand how you could not know exactly where you want to go with that. But NXT uh, obviously is going in a different direction. And uh, it, it's just crazy when you think about it. Cause like she was next up. If you really think about like how they were presenting her, especially in NXT, during her initial run, and uh, it's just crazy to me how someone like Ember, who is that talented, and someone who felt like a big deal for a long time, is already released without ever really getting uh, another shot at the main roster. I remember her coming down the end, was almost kind of viewed, even though I knew she was returning from injury, it was kind of viewed in the same way that people view Finn Balor when returning. In, you know, so for the, for her to end up now on on the out it just it isn't I, I can't really believe it man it's, it's crazy when you think about it it is and like i said only Lorcan was a tag team of the year for for the WR yeah. podcast a couple of years ago uh, Trey Baxter's my pick for the breakout tournament <laughs> <laughs> it's just like <laughs> You know, obviously, Grand Metallic Lince Dorado, but I mean, they've been there. Grand Metallic semi finals back into Harry Smith signed for Raw. So, yeah, like a dark match? Yeah, just imagine yeah, that. Yeah, one dark match. Um, Crazy. Another name. Well, Nia Jackson, but I think Keith Lee and, and Mia Yim be released. I mean, Keith Lee along with Karrion. And uh, yeah. I, I'll, I'll tweet I that. saw Scarlett first. Imagine my surprise when Scarlett Bordeaux was the first name. Confirm that I seen like based on her tweets confirmed that something was was different when she just basically put out her booking information and I'm just like oh okay well the first thing went to my mind is either Cross is not far behind or there's no way they they fired her and just is gonna keep Cross on the roster so it's just seeing that uh, 
just was insane yesterday. Just the feeling of just realizing, wow, they really are going to just cut them like that and just drop the ball. It obviously wasn't, you know, uh, like we said, we, we we had so many digs about the stupid helmet and just the fact that they changed everything about them. Same thing with Keith Lee, also not working. Even though uh, I was hopeful that the Bearcat thing would, would be going somewhere, it obviously just wasn't what either side wanted. And I've seen reports now that are starting to come out that sounds like they're kind of trying to slander Keith Lee and say he had attitude problems, which honestly, if you are one thing, NXT champion, North American champion, one of the most important names in wrestling, uh, not even less than a year ago, and then they change everything about you, and you, you've barely been able to wrestle for the entire time since you've been on the main roster, I'm pretty sure anyone would have attitude issues. Uh, after that, I mean, it's just really that simple. I don't really know how, uh, how to, even if this, I don't really believe him, believe that is true, but if that even is true, I think it's justified if you honestly think about it. But it, it's just crazy, man. He was one, he was one of the best, and I think they really will regret that. They will regret letting go of Keith Lee and Mia Yim, who, by the way, I mean, look how far away from the HBIC character that, that we are removed from just. What she felt like when she was Mia Yim in NXT uh, during her initial run before the whole retribution gimmick and all of that stuff. So it, it, it's just like I said, those four individuals right there, and just they, they give you that feel. It just shows you like it didn't matter how how you viewed them or where talent level you are. It was I don't even think you can make a case that any. I know they say budget cuts, but you can't make a case that any of this is talent related because they are letting go some serious star power. And a guy like Cross, who I thought fit WWE perfectly, you know, even more so than Keith Lee. So it's just crazy, man. And the thing is as well, it's like, it's the creative behind it failed these wrestlers, not the other way around. It's the equivalent of Mask being remasked, not becoming Stone Cold yeah. Steve Austin, the ringmaster character being cut down, uh, Isaac Yankum never being Kane. Of course, there's going to be poor creative. That's what WWE's about, but it's a recovering uh, and rebuild. Right. Look at Rocky, look at everybody, Hunter, you know, everybody starts off, yeah. maybe. And again, you come out of the company. I, I couldn't believe it because I'm a big show and big shows mm-hmm. saying to Chris Jericho, oh, well, they never really used me properly and create me. And when you think you had a 20-year career yet there, WWE really need to go over the fact that maybe they didn't create someone. But like, you know, CM Punk. With AJ Styles, it's kind of accepted. If the character works, then use the character when they come in and don't try and water it down. Yeah. Well, that's what they've got signed for changing it. And no wonder they're failing. And if they're successful, in it, you bring them up and then you said changing. That's their fault, not the wrestler. Uh, I agree 100% because a lot of these changes are, like I mentioned, changes for the sake of changing. It was the unique, we talked about it all week after week on NXT Update, how unique Killer Cross or Carry On Cross felt at the time when he was in. Now, before he even won NXT Championship, but even when he ran, when he, you know, had his run as champion with the interest with Scarlett, with their dynamic, the promo style, the songs, everything about it just made him feel like a star before that. And then just for him to pop up on WWE TV the way he did and for him to just look like just a guy, and that's the way you want to introduce him to your casual fans on Monday Night Raw, it, it, it was just a misstep from the beginning. And like you said, the ability to recover. Like you said, yeah, they've made mistakes in the past. They've been able to uh, let this superstar shine through a lot of their mistakes, uh, even if it takes a little bit longer or time. But that's another thing. The the 
the amount of time given is no longer there. Rocky Mavir was getting die Rocky die for months mm-hmm. before he finally flipped the switch and hit the rock. He he was forced to go out there and you know make the best of it, whether that mean they had to change it or figure it out. But you know he was given that chance. I don't feel like Keith Lee. I don't feel like Carrion Cross. I don't feel like plenty of these. Any a lot of these talent. B Fab just got on. Just got drafted. How can you say she had a chance? Especially when I'm not saying she was uh, perfect in the ring, but at least character-wise, at least promo-wise, you immediately, again, here we go again, something that was built in NXT that seemed to be working with Hit Row, and you're immediately changing something now uh, before they can even really get started. Good. So it's just, uh, I, I, like I said, they they keep continue to keep making these same moves, and that's the reason why, again, I can't be angry or disappointed. For the, Of course, I don't like anyone to lose their job, but at the same time, this can be a great thing for a lot of these workers. A lot of the young workers get to use this platform to get booked to other places. And a lot of the people who are established, like a Keith Lee, now can get their pick of the litter of the great, uh, you know, of these few organizations, not just AEW, you know, uh, Impact, uh, you know, uh, NWA, even, of course, New Japan. I, I was having fantasies of Keith Lee popping up in New Japan because I just know I can just see him having great matches with some guys over there, but he can have, he'll have great magic anywhere. That's the type of talent Keith Lee is. So it's just, like I said, that guys like that, I think will be fine. Uh, even though this, these are, this is very, very unfortunate, if you know what I mean. Well, this is the thing. And, and, and even we're going to speak to kind of Jaxie about this and hopefully the Ultimate one as well. And they are not as forgiving as we are. You know, we are kind of the most ardent of Derby fans. <laughs> and and he, even the most hardcore kind of loving Roman Reigns would uh, have a difficult time arguing about WWE dropping. Yeah. Uh, I just worry that uh, it would kind of be that thing, you know, where expect this kind of mass of talent and just after what? Oh, yeah. Because like I said, hopefully, but like you said, with the talent right. that letting go now, the talent, the main reason was budget budget cuts for yeah. the very start so we were very eager about the quarter financial results for WWE <laughs> and the reported revenue of 255 the increase of 15 percent or 32 they credit the increase with higher ticket sales and venue that man touted a better than expected so that's how much so don't worry WWE hardcore you think WWE gonna go out of business anytime soon they've made a profit during COVID that's how you know tightening that list you know even if it's roman reigns giving a two-hour probe on smackdown they'll do- um so it's interesting i think again we don't want to shit all over wwe but when this time like when they do a mass oh and now smackdown it kind of takes it out of you. yeah i mean one I, I remember right we were watching a smackdown uh over here in america live while people were being released at, at some point earlier this year, so yeah, I, I don't understand why they seem like they just want to, yeah, do that, and then here we go, give you Roman, that'll keep them, you know, distract them, Roman, you know, <laughs> so, they, so we can just move on, you know. Uh, but I don't, yeah, it, I understand completely. Uh, uh, I am, I definitely am not gonna say I'm just, I don't like to say I'm either side, but I, I'm just, a, I'm honest, honestly, so I can honestly say what I feel about both sides when it comes to AEW and when it comes to WWE. And I don't see how you can sit back and not look at what's going on and just be like, wow, this is, like you said, they dropped the ball on so much potential talent, so many potential new stars. And I, you can't be a fan of the, You are delusional if you are a fan of WWE and you believe 
that they have not uh, or that they don't have a problem when it comes to creating stars and keeping stars and making uh you know valuable names and uh you know I know they they have some great stars who creeped up like a Seth Rollins like a uh Roman Reigns that we that we love and you know uh, I can just keep going Big E seem to be on the rise McIntyre but honestly they have dropped the ball in so many places and you just got to be honest about this well this is the thing uh, out of with NX you know out of the Eight five um W so not too bad. Like talking about Sephiroth, Star, Big Ben Balor, Nakamura. The other eight, apart from Champa and Gagano, the last champion not released on NXT was Drew Mackin. Now I'm not saying Vin annoyed about losing to the ratings matter. If you look at that, everybody banned. Yeah, and that's a unique way to look at. It. I didn't even really think about that, but yeah, that's definitely uh could be a little bit something. Going. It should be. It could be something there. You know what I mean? I didn't really even think about it that way. But it makes sense. A lot of people from that era of NXT are getting cleaned are getting cleaned out. And I think another thing, I don't know how serious fans or people took it when they made that statement at the beginning of the NXT NXT 2.0 rebrand about the new direction they were going in. They were completely serious, obviously, because it seems like they're going to try to not only get uh, they're not only cleaning out the you know roster spots, they're cleaning out the performance center. You know, it's performance of the people been released this year. So it's like they are literally trying to re, you know, have a, a brand new culture, new types of talent, you know, and I think it's going to be made in the image of a lot of stuff that we're starting to see down in NXT 2.0, whether you like it or not. That seems to be the direction that they're going in. And, uh, yeah, I agree. It's insane to me. I, I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, everyone that they try, everyone that Triple H kind of put faith in uh, in the last year to kind of combat the AEW thing, the AW wave, or kind of, if you want to consider that a war, uh, yeah, there a lot of those people are out of the building. So I, I didn't even think about it that way, but yeah, that 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 is really something, man. Yeah, excellent point by me. Anyway, let's get on with Bound for <laughs> Glory. Start with the pre-show October. We get an extended look from Kong to celebrate her end Impact Hall of Fame. Gal lovely uh, and basically thanked for Jeff Jarrett, Dixie Cartman. Really, uh, what are your thoughts on Awesome Kong as a performer? Have you seen much of her? Because I think well, yeah. fuck is the first true color monster that we had in, um, well, I say America. Right. No, uh, I agree. Uh, she's awesome. She was uh, uh, absolutely amazing uh, all over the world, not just in Impact. You know, in Japan, she's, she's done great things over her career. And same thing, uh, like you said, definitely Impact. Uh, I remember, like I said, I I was into Impact definitely in the uh, in the mid two thousands back in those days when her and Gail Kim were tearing it up. Definitely had just great chemistry uh, with each other, and she was like you said, a very a true monster, always there to knock someone out and just be a, a, a legit force. She uh she broke a lot of barriers. She was the first not only uh not only was she African American and uh and of like of that descent and that stuck out to me and that that allowed her to kind of relate to me sitting back but also a woman of her size during that time especially if you grew up in WWE Impact were miles ahead of the WWE for a long time and it's because of women like uh and, and because of their willingness to book uh Awesome Kong the way they did and th- that the whole knockout division oh a lot. To like what the knockout division is, oh, a lot to women like Austin Kong. If, if you think Gail Kim deserves to be like legit 
uh, Hall of Fame, Impact Hall of Fame like she is, then you got to have the, the like, I think probably her greatest rival, uh, Austin Kong, in there along with you. So I, I, I thought this was great, and I love everything about Austin Kong. Yeah, and when you talk about women's wrestling and women's revolution, this is kind of what turned my eye to women's wrestling. Don't get me wrong, Trish and Lita on a kind of mainstream right. style, but the quality of Kim and Kong knockout roster, and that you look at it now, and you they had all this great talent like AJ Styles, and they had the X, and they just fucked it up. <laughs> it does. You do, you know, looking back on you know all this great thing, but. I think the important thing was Kong at home, brought down by the can't, uh, that Kong became this. The amount of wrestlers who have copied that style now from, you know, if you look at, uh, well, you know, you've got Nyla Rose, uh, AEW, you've got Nyla yeah. Jackson, we did have her in style. The knockout locker room came out, it's genuine emotion. Um, the rest may imminently, I thought this was really, really done as well. Even though maybe a lot of people don't know about Impact Hall of Fame. <laughs> Yeah, they they are a little bit liberal with uh, they have been liberal with the with the Hall of Fame and also you know not really I'm not gonna say it's prestigious but it's it, I, I, it's well deserved yeah. it's it's really and you know it is prestigious in in Impact history you know what I mean if you are someone who's been a long time fan her run in Impact is definitely something that you cannot tell the story of TNA or Impact Wrestling without mentioning Austin Kong was that damn good. Yeah, I think that's fair. And then we get an ad for a tag me in campaign for mental health charity when the pre-show match was the digital champion. Yeah, that's right. We get John Skyler, Jordan Grace, Madison Rain, Chelsea Green, Falabar, and Crazy Steve's intergender as well. We just <laughs> get straight into the action. We see Grace and Barr. One on one were faded, but Skyler to a lariat. Green hit Skyler with a net wrench. Green and Rain with a tranche. Everyone in the corner and hit with a corner splash. Skyler to inside Skyler with a fireman carry sent on. And Skyler hit Green with a northern lariat, but then Grace managed to get Skyler with a Grace driver for the victory and a new champion. Did you see this match? Did you watch the pre show? Uh, yes, I did see this match. Uh, I found it. Um, I, I, I'm not mad that I found the match. Uh, I, I was not excited going into it because I think I basically hit it on the belt before I ever even knew it as much about it. But uh, the match itself was very, very fun. I thought it did a really good job. I thought it was placed really well because it did a good job of, in my opinion, kind of warming up everybody who were there. And uh, Grace winning, I can't be mad at that. You know, she's uh, not only is she perfect, for the road because of just how good she is just as Jordan Grace in the ring in general. She's great. But she's really good on social media at that. You know, she's a great follow. So, yeah. Uh, so, uh, if that has anything to do with being a digital media champion, <laughs> I think she's a good fit. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't mind it. I thought it was uh, really quick but fun. I think, like I said, Grace was... And a new referee shirt with the black shoulders as well. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Uh, we're going to give us that a five. Um, I'd give it two and a... Uh, Two and two point seven five. Let's give it. Let's let's stay in that range. I'm going to give it predictions. We all gave <laughs> predictions on the Halloween. Uh, Jaxie yes, said the. We're going to go through each one as well. Obviously, uh, Jaxie said green. Oh, one said massive rain. You went for Falabar, 
and I went Fern Grey. So <laughs> yes, Grey. that is yeah. that is one nil. But you know, I'm not. Uh, if we got to the <laughs> Balfour Club, the main show at the Cold Open, which focuses on the life and career of Josh Alexander, and then we check in on Sam Towns Casino to get the entrance for the opening match. Someone named Harley Cameron, McKay, and Cassie. And as they came out, I thought Cassie looked a lot happier. But this was quite cool. Though. What is your first full inspiration outside of the... I literally wrote, how cool is it to have the inspiration back on our TV screens? You know, it's kind of, it was kind of cool. You know, I have no problem. It's been a while. You know, sometimes absence makes the heart grow further, as they say, of course. So uh, I, it's refreshing. Like I said, I always disagree with uh, one big major decision with WWE. It's not even the, it's not even it's more so splitting them up in the first place. Never should have never, never should have been split up in the first place. I think we should all delete that little period of time out of our minds. So, I, I, I not, let's get back to uh, an iconic, inspirational uh, moment for these for this team. So yeah, it was cool. It was nice to see them back together. It is. Uh, I didn't mind the setting either, where it was just like the impact zone. And our first match, Decay and Havoc, inspiration, Jess McKay and Cassidy. Titles, we see Rosemary McKay start the match. McKay and Lee quickly together, expose. Rosemary hit Lee with yep. a slam, and Havoc tagged in. Decay hit Lee with double lariat. McKay then tagged herself, and Havoc no solder offense. Rosemary came back in and gave McKay a corner splash, and Rosemary bit McKay in the face. It got worked on a little bit when inspiration turned it around. Havoc tagged in and hit Lee with a bat breaker. Rosemary gave Lee his spear. McKay broke up Havoc, but having took McKay with a forearm, she missed a leg drop on Lee. Looked really awkward as well, but McKay hit Rosemary with a kick. Uh, McKay got hit with a sky high and Havoc nice kick. And Rosemary again tagged the south. He dumped Rosemary to ringside and hit Havoc with a tagged in. Tossed Havoc into the corner and tagged in. If you can get the pin because she's rolled up the illegal woman. His knee, the inspiration hit Rosemary with an assisted set up powerbomb for the win. To become the new NXT. NXT, that's how weird it is to have you on. You see what I'm saying? Uh, right. <laughs> that is weird. Sorry, your new Impact Women Tag Team inspiration. <laughs> what did you? Oh man, I thought it was again. Like I said, it was a cool moment to have them back. Uh, I'm not surprised they uh, returned and, and won the title. It's cool to see them back in that element. Element. Uh, they look refreshed, and uh, you know, I thought this was solid. You know, the tag match was uh, in the ring was not. I, I thought the tag work was not that bad. You know, I thought everyone, like I said, had a, a couple awkward moments maybe, but. It was still cool nonetheless. Uh, you know, I think some people may not like the fact that they're champions already, but to me, uh, you know, uh, they are, like, by far the most popular women's team. Probably in wrestling, like, if, if you really think about it, it's just, like, when you think of a women's team, who else do you think of first? You know, maybe some other ones, but you know what I mean. But they're definitely the most popular I can think of on the roster. So uh, I'm not really surprised that Impact went with them to win. So I thought it was solid. I gave it three stars. Three stars there for that one. Yeah, I mean, Decay have started most of the specials and papers awfully because Rosemary is loved by the fans. And again, like I said, it's an enjoyable opener. Yeah, a few missteps. But the inspiration will bring more to impact uh, as we go along and facing off. Um, I tell you what, Havoc was stomping around though, like Hawaii 98. I tell you that. I don't know if she on the say. And I'm going to give her three and a quarter. I'm not sure what I've... Uh, Prediction-wise, that... Um, we see Jackson, the old decay, and you and I, the night. Um, and like I said, anybody <laughs> surprised the inspiration didn't win or won, this is such an impact. For- 
WWE yeah. and <laughs> WWE. Anybody from WWE can come and win the championship. Go on, beat any Impact wrestler. Look what they did with Kenny Omega. Right. They came in and just like, just beat everybody you want. Move, Sammy right. Callahan. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They're always looking for that name value. If you, they value name value over homegrown talent any day, in my opinion. Without a doubt. Well, we see Gia Miller interviewing Deanna Pratzer about Matthew Reinhold being banned from ringside. Pratzer was projecting, saying that it was all Mickey's fault for ambushing Deanna for months. Deanna talked about how she won the title by herself. She's just company. Deanna said Mickey may be a legend to some people, but not to her. She says she's going to do what the Vertrosa does best and break both arms. Strong stuff. And now we get the exhibition match. The hype of the entrances. Uh, nice entrance and attire from Trey. It's Steve Macklin versus El Fantasmo versus Trey McGee. Vacant championship. Before I, get on, before I get on to the match, uh, of course, El Fantasmo. Tell me maybe a little bit about him that we might not know a few times. Oh, uh, he's uh, one of the cockiest and like the mo- the heel. Like, I, I don't know. He's the definition of a, a arrogant bullet club heel. Uh, very, very uh big huge ego but uh man can he back it up in the ring he has no qualms about going to dirty tactics i'm going to mention it in my notes his finisher might as well be the dick punch at this point in his career <laughs> even though he's really really good at every at other things he has other finishes great repertoire like i said he walks on the ropes effortlessly you know he oh man i've seen him straddle the the, the ropes like he, I used to think, I used to wow every time Undertaker did old school. When I tell you El Fantasmo old school is unbelievably better in my opinion, is is on another level. Like I said, he's great in the ring. Uh, you let him get a chance to talk. I know in New Japan uh, when he's unfiltered, he's unbelievable. You just like I said, I love really really like El Fantasmo a lot of the work he does. But uh, he's is nothing good good about him. If I all I have to tell you is. It's character-wise, he's a riding character, but in the in the ring, he's great. <laughs> well, we get on to the he match. He's riding, I promise you. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of redeemable qualities other than being <laughs> arrogant. <laughs> well, we'll see what he can offer in it with Macklin Miguel. See Macklin with twisting suplex heel after running the ropes. A nice handstand mule kick of Fantasmo. Macklin three turns, striker Miguel. Mr. Macklin's nipple, which Macklin no-sold. He's good. Um... Fantasmo did an old school into a hurricane runner and Macklin. Uh, dodging Trey was, like you said, fucking impressive for me, LP, because the yeah. height he gets and managed to land back on and again muck around. In your head, you know, it's Ray Mysterio, kind of Ray Fantasmo. He's yeah. not as small as those guys, which again makes. And another impressive move was Macklin spearing Trey through the ropes to fire up the crowd as well. That was. Um, yeah. Macklin hit Fantasma with a suicide dive. Macklin should tope on Hero and Striker tried to cover it up by saying it was a hip attack. Lucky he didn't break his fucking neck <laughs> there. And Miguel hit Fantasma at Ring Carter. Uh, and Trey's back and hit Macklin with a sunset bomb. We've seen a lot of moves in this match, you know, you know really, really impressive. And then Fantasma's kind of like Ray on the back. Do you know what I mean? That eye, eye poke. It's very <laughs> kind of, you know, apart from old school. See, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. He gives you a little bit of what you want. Like, he can do the flash and stuff, but he's all, oh, man, he, he relies on heel tactics. Well, that was <laughs> Macklin blocking Trey's Meteora, but at a Zuzinguri. Fantasma was kick Macklin to ringside. Trey rolled up Fantasma into a jackknife. Fantasma went for a low blow, but Trey was wearing a cup. <laughs> he took out Trey, hit Fantasma yeah. with a brain buster for the victory. Uh, what were your thoughts? I thought this match was very fun. 
you know, I think you mentioned a couple of the, the couple of spots that I was like, well, you know, what's going on? They definitely was just trying to throw everything they could at each other, you know, especially at one point. Uh, but I was impressed, definitely uh, impressed with Macklin at times. I thought he uh, he looked strong for for most of the match. Uh, you know, uh, ELP again doing what he always did. like. I said, I appreciate his style so much. I mentioned it earlier. Uh, just how smart I think it is the way he wrestles sometimes. Uh, and you know, I, I really thought Macklin got a chance to do some things that no one really ever got a chance to see him do when he was in WWE. Trey Miguel seemed to be someone that the fans and attendance definitely wanted to win this match. And based on his work in the ring and what I've seen to him in the past and to, on, in this match, I understand why it was just perfect. And this title win definitely seemed well deserved. So I I, I did I enjoyed this, you know. Uh, and by the way. A cup is definitely ELP's worst enemy. It, it came back to bite him in New Japan once before. Wear a cup, kids. As a matter of fact, to give you another example of what of the type of person ELP is, in his recent New Japan run, he put uh, he's putting steel in his boot and has been walking around claiming he has the strongest super kick in history. But he's really been knocking people out cold with an illegal. Uh, <laughs> some illegal steel in his shoe. So that's just showing you the character of ELP. So uh, glad that Trey Miguel got the victory over a guy like that well, <laughs> in this case. And uh, so, yeah, it, it, this was great. This worked for me. I gave it four stars. Yeah, four, four stars, I think, is a, a fair rating for that. But we talk about uh, this is Macklin's kind of biggest match that he's had, really. He's really got in good shape to go yeah. on this one run. He did well. Trey, though, is very, very special. One of the three, I think, mm-hmm. kind of watching Impact for the past year. I do think Ace in Josh Alexander and Trey Miguel were kind of the three that I would take elsewhere. With, uh, of course, great stuff all around. Like, yeah. Real motion from Trey again, winning the X-Vision title, because it shows that mm-hmm. maybe he can go on a good run now. Four out of five as well. Uh, predictions of that... Well, I went for Mackling, uh, <laughs> where Jaxi and yourself went for Altan Tasma, and Old McWan got a point there. Um, he actually did go the girl, so. Frame the girl. Jaxi, but she doesn't watch a lot of them, so I think that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair to say at this moment in time. Uh, right. we, we move on, and Gene Miller is interviewed Mickey James. And James says Gianni's one of the toughest opponents yet. Says Gianni made it personal by invading the house, the house where her son is. James talked about being a lot through the last eight years. She says she's that self, the toughest to prove herself she can hold gold again. The heart, she's on the start with this turn. Speaking again, speaking about real emotion. And then we get a hype video airing for Rhino versus Violent by Design. And it's nice for Doring to dress like Snuffleupagus as well, I think. <laughs> Uh, and of course, the story is we don't know what side Rhino is on. Uh, Heath came out by himself. Uh, but Rhino wasn't there. We're in blindside shots, so it's violent by design. And Heath agreed to have the bell ring. He tried to rally against Dina, but Doring pulled aside. Uh, Dina a blockbuster and traded quick tags for Medina. Number of game. Uh, they continued to dominate Heath. He tried to crawl to his corner, but of course, Rhino wasn't there, leading to VBD to uh, dominate yet again. And suddenly, Rhino's hit, and he made his entrance, and he went to his sad tag me, and he took the hot tag and rallied again. Rhino hit Doring with belly to belly. Rhino called for the gore, and hit Dina with the gore. And I always go, gore, gore, gore. Gore, gore. Rhino hit Dina with a goal for the win, and Rhino and Heath hugged up Victor. What were your- I, I have to be honest, this is very impact. Another segment where 
Uh, I had serious WWE vibes. Uh, <laughs> I just got to be honest. Uh, I'm sorry, Impact fans, but seeing VBD led by Eric Young uh, and then, uh, versus Ethan Rhino, man, you can't tell me it doesn't, you know, you just give it like, maybe think of Sanity and then versus, you know, Slater and Rhino from WWE. Yeah, but so it's, it's got like, kids. It's, it, that's it's what, got kids though. I mean, they've right. not done that before. They've, not, they've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Fair. That's fair. You know what? No, it's not that. Di- it's not different enough for me. Uh, <laughs> but honestly, uh, I don't have a problem with it. What what happened? Because, like I said, this was a feel good moment. I think that was the whole setup. You know, as soon as I figured out that beef would start off alone, I was like, okay, Ronald's gonna make the save in the end. Uh, obviously, so uh, I, I think you know it was cool. You know, even though it was predictable and it wasn't the longest match either. But uh, like again, I don't. I think it served its purpose. And uh, you got Rhino and uh, Heath back together. So I think that was the goal here. And uh got to see a gore, so I'm not mad at that. No, I mean, yeah. the, it's, it's nice Heath back with the world's wide. Uh, it's got that feel-good <laughs> moment. I mean, I mean I've mean, i mentioned how wide yeah. he is a tag He's team. Wide. Like, that is... The that definition is, of stocky. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, what size? T- that's, like, long. It's foot long. It's... Um, Anyway, I'm going to give it a three and a half because of the payoff. I weren't sure what you... Oh, yeah. Well, see, I was still looking at it like it was a max, so I gave it 2.75. But, yeah, I understand the feel-good moment earning it enough of a star boost for you. But, yeah. Without a doubt, we see Jim in our interview in Jordan Grace after winning the Digital Media Championship. Rachel Allen was there, too. She says she's the first Triple Crown knockout. Grace thanked Ellerin for having a back. She will win the Call Your Shot match. Moose and Morrissey showed up. Moose said either he or Morrissey likes my set. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I can machine humming. And it wasn't, I, you know, when you pause it, and I go, what's that? Is that Saint here? And it wasn't. It was on the t- It was like a. Oh, in the background. Like, tell, tell the, like, the cameraman to stop using the fridge. Like, do you know, shut the door. <laughs> Whilst they're talking, just keep nice and quiet. Um, I like me. I like how people. Um, anyway, we get rules for video package aired for the Call Your Shot Battle Shot Battle Royal. It's nothing like a Royal Rumble or a Money in the Bank. You shut your mouth. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's very simple. Uh, we get twenty eight. The last contract gets a trophy shot. Last person that did was right after the match, and Rocky Romero, New Japan, was number two. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about Rocky Romero for anybody that's not? Heard of him? Oh, uh, yeah. If you don't know about Rocky Romero, he trained with a lot of your favorite wrestlers in the LA Dojo way back in the day. Some more Joe. Uh, he has, has spent time working with Brian, Down- Brian Danielson early in his career, Shinsuke Nakamura. So, like, but he's been in the New Japan system for a long time. Uh, I want to say since 2004, it may have been sooner than that. And uh, he's a member of Chaos, Kazuchika Okada's faction, and uh, considered his best friend also. And, uh, he's He's like an eight-time or nine-time Super Junior Tag Team Champion, which will probably be Impact equivalent to the X Division title, or at least what the X Division title used to be. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, or like, you know, Super Junior, basically, uh, Cruiserweight Championship. And uh, he's he's, just, he's a really, really great worker. I, I, I've always enjoyed Rocky Romero's work. And uh, I think he's a great liaison also between Impact or just America in general, and New Japan, because I think he works in the office with New Japan and also wrestles 
So, and, you know, since he speaks English and can understand Japanese, he's a great uh, liaison uh, representative of New Japan in, in that regard also. So uh, he, he does everything. He's been everywhere in America and in popping up, popping back up in Japan. Uh, but he's, he's always great. And, uh, yeah, I like him in commentary and I like him in the ring. I've just been told in my you, ear. You can team up with Beretta, by the way. Oh, that's quite uh, that's best quite... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, team up with Beretta. I'm just being told in my ear that I did for the last round. I know how. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the only person not to get a point last time, I think it was Jackson. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. She went by two two. Wow. Yeah. We can we can Can't take catch a break. So about it. So we're gonna get to the call your shot match. Even Ramon and Saban started with a respectful stalemate. Madman Fulton came out free. You have Romero and Sabin teaming up to try and dump Fulton at ringside. Rahit Raju came out at number four. Rahit walked right into a sandwich combo between Sabin and Romero. Raju was scared at first, but asked Fulton to the other two. I really like Rahit Raju. I've, he's one of probably my favourite heel, more so like MGF. Because the thing about him that I like, he can show, he can show he's scared. And he's not worried about coming a heel. You're meant to be a piece of shit anyway, you know? Right, real scum of the earth yeah. type, of, type of a guy. Yeah, like yeah. Kenny Williams, you know, that's, I don't want to confuse, I don't want to get over, but just no redeeming feature. People listening are going, are you talking about Impact, NXT or NXT UK? Make your mind up and just stay, stay, stay in your lane, all right? We want to hear about Bamford. Yes, uh, well, we see Tasha Stills was number five, and as you convinced Stills to join the Alliance, Stills boots and babe faces and Rocky Mera was first eliminated tossed out by Raju Rachel Ellerin was out at number 6 Raju grabbed Fulton's hair to prevent his own elimination which accidentally eliminated Fulton again something like that was quite funny Savannah Evans came out at number 7 the number of Archer but Ellerin didn't care eliminated Evans with a big boot but then was eliminated by Stills Johnny Swinger was out at 8 yes that's sort of thing and then Melina made a think how many Oh man, heaven! Oh, heaven! Age the day, steal my crush from back in the day. I'm very biased. Uh, I'm not even thinking about her work at all right now. I'm just thinking about Melina. Love you, Melina. That's all I have to say. <laughs> well, Swinger swung, swung his hips at Melina and caught Melina's kick. Melina did the split slow, but Swinger hit Melina with a face buster. The demon? No, not Finn Balor. Dale Torberg. He came out Lord. at number ten. Um, Swinger got out no pen and asked the demon for an autograph. The demon signed That was the it. weirdest callback to me, by the way. He, it wasn't good in WCW, but, you know, maybe maybe we have bad, bad memories. I don't know. Look, right, first off, I will say uh, the crowd booed, and rightfully so, um, because it, it wasn't Gene Simmons. And I, I think Swinger made an excellent point of this guy. And um, do you think that maybe Braun Strowman or some WWE guy, uh, or ex-WWE said, actually, I can't make it. And they thought, who's around? And the demon was there. <laughs> <laughs> so they said, hey, I'm not saying they did, but I mean, it felt, it did feel a bit like, oh, okay. Um, Brian Myers, number 11, Zicky Dyson. Myers dominated the demon. Mark Cardona was a Mars Cardona. Yes, it's almost like they do a podcast together. Uh, Laredo Kid came yeah. at 13. <laughs> Dino noted that 13 is an unlucky number. Oh, you did a good job there, mate. Uh, Melina Stills. Mars eliminated Melina. Sam Bill made his team. Rich Swan came out at number Bill then surprised no better by eliminating Brian Myers. Myers, you're a dead man. I don't mind Bill, but he does look like a shit creator. You know when you give it to one of your mates who doesn't know what a wrestler should look like? 
Why have you put a tattoo on his chest? Yeah. Give him sunglasses. <laughs> Don't you can't wrestle with sunglasses. Ace Austin made his entrance number 16. Ace hit Raju with a headstand kick combination. Raju went back to hugging the bottom rope in the match, a la yeah. Jerry the King Lawyer. Ace pulled the top rope down to eliminate Demon. Moose near Powerbomb Bill and VSK on dice. The match ensured Eddie Edwards was number 18. He dumped Moose to ringside but threw the second and they brawled at ringside. Alicia Edwards made her entrance number 19 and they attacked Moose with the kendo sticks. The sticks broke over Moose. Morrissey came out at 20 uh, and of course attacked him with kendo sticks as well but then was eliminated with a power slam. Eddie eliminated Eddie Boot. Do try to team up with Moose uh, and they did buy it again. Yeah. Didn't I really like that. You no, know, it's good. You guys are my team. Like, that's kind of shit that I'll be doing. Uh, the match. I like it, but I did. I definitely called him idiot. I liked it, but I definitely <laughs> called him idiot. Saving and Madman for his version of force Morrissey to eliminate Morrissey and Swan. And the ring announcer announced that Moose versus Katona was pinfall or submission. Katona missed the top rope. Rough Rider. Moose hit Rider with a spear. For the victory, Moose finally wins. But what were your thoughts on? Yeah, you know, it's a battle royal. I usually don't really think about rating these, or at least rating them on the same scale that I rate other matches with general, like stories or general, you know, other type of stipulations. But uh, it was interesting spots in this match, you know, and, and it was it did have an important stipulation. And I thought it was a decent battle royal. Uh, you gave me a perfect, a perfect lead off to talk about Molina's hilarious elimination and I, I was too busy talking about how she looked. I apologize because <laughs> <laughs> she eliminated someone by doing the splits, pulling the top rope down and I just thought that was the most ridiculous um, <laughs> like it was just unnecessary. That's what I'll say. The most unnecessary splits I've ever seen. Why? What's the point? What was the point of being flashy just, other than just being Melina? Now I'm happy she did the splits. Take, I'll take that in time but again uh <laughs> I just didn't understand the reason for it. For it, it looked hilarious to me. But anyway, that's besides the point. Uh, Rich one made the final four. I take that as a small victory because I had no clue who was going to be in this match. So, uh, but Moose winning is definitely not a surprise. Uh, even though towards the end, I was hoping Cardona would have pulled it out because I thought it was kind of predictable. Pretty much once Moose got in the ring, that uh, it was his it was his match to lose, kind of if you know what I mean. Uh, but yeah, I gave it three stars. This wasn't bad. I think my problem with it was like uh, a boring rumble. You know, big surprises. Yeah. We were expecting maybe Braun nope, or someone exactly. else, and we didn't have anything. In my eyes, this should have been on a pre-show. Because then you've kind of got I half agree. hour. You could eat up. It kind of took momentum away from the strong start we had. And it evaporated. Just waited. Uh, and even then... Swan should have been with the match with Moose because it made more sense because Swan beat uh, for the impact or when the impact art was online on paper, just getting his win back from earlier. But then again, I don't know if they look into that too much, but for me, it was just too long. I'm going to give it a three out of five. Um, cause like I, said, it I also be believe that if they would have let Swan, if they would have let Swan and uh, Moose go, it would have, like you said, not only it would have made the end a little bit more dramatic and they could have actually turned into an actual one-on-one match. Yeah. Once you get the other people out of there, and they could have had even a little bit more time. And that's another thing I was kind of bummed out with, even though I thought the Battle Royal part, like you said, went too long. I felt like if you're going to lead it all the way down to the final two and they're going to have a match, then at least let that match be you know, competitive and have some type of drama there. But like you said, it was lacking that energy. And uh, yeah, it, it kind of brought the show down a little bit. 
Well, the thing is, you have the Battle Royal part on the pre-show, and then when it goes to the one-on-one match, you have that match start off. Oh, yeah, have them come out later. Yeah, yeah that's true. Exactly. That's so true. then you've kind that's of got that. Way. I wouldn't do it that way. To jump off on. Uh, Prediction-wise for that, Ultimate One's come back from, he picked Moose in this one as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you went for Swan. Uh, Jaxie and I self went for Titan, so Jaxie is naught for five in time. Um, Monty, uh, you're on two. I mean, Ultimate But to be fair to me, the Ultimate One, we do watch Imp, you know, I think. G and Miller interviewed Rhino and Heath. Heath said he had his doubts, but Rhino has his back and did him. Rhino said in dark times, Heath never gave up on Rhino, and Rhino said, Uncle Rhino is back. And then a hype package air to hype the tag team tart matches. The Good Brothers, Doc Gollas and Carl Anson versus Finjuice, Dave Finney and Juice Robson. Bullet Club, Hickle and Chris Bay for the Impact Tag Team Champion. Before I start, we've seen a lot of them, the Golden. Uh, but one thing I want to, uh, I'll ask you, the Bullet Club, where would you rank them at this moment in time in where they have been? Because obviously they're not kind of the hottest fault, but do you still have yeah. enough? Um, are the Bullet Club still a kind of big group? So? Yeah, I think they, they may, st- I don't know if they're as big of a deal as they were. You know, uh, I think we can be honest. Even when they, were, even when it was Prince Devitt or Finn Balor's baby, uh, you know, and he was just Tama Tonga, Fale, and uh, you know, kind of that immediate group before with Carl Anderson and you know Gallows coming eventually. Uh, as it, as it began to grow, uh, they're not necessarily looked at, in my opinion, around the world the same. But I do think, especially in Japan, as a vehicle to get not only Gaijin, as in people who are not from Japan, over in in Japan. Not only does it help get new characters over and all of that, uh, they're they're kind of almost NWO type when it comes to their their depiction in Japan because you got different offshoots, different parts of the faction now. You know, got Evil with his own sub faction of of the Bullet Club, even though he's considered Bullet Club. You have uh, you know, a Jay White who was supposed to be the leader uh, uh, after the Kenny Omega days, but. Yeah, they've definitely fallen stature, fallen in stature, but I would say they're very important, especially in Japan. And I, I want to say that the name value itself around many organizations is still valuable, if you know what I mean. But I don't know if, if, if as far as like standing and where they where they are looked at now, I don't know if they are anywhere close to where they probably were a few years ago when they were in full, when they were intact, or when they seem to have like a, a whole bunch of members. Uh, in it, but the Bullet Club is a uh, is is for life, as they say, and it seems that it's continuing on through uh, m- many different ways. You have Kenta, who's now uh, in New Japan, Kenta in New Japan, who represents Bullet Club. You have, uh, of course, God and all the great talent uh, in New Japan that still represent Bullet Club. So it's still a strong front. It's just I don't think they're on the same level uh, popularity wise as they. They were uh, in different times in the past decade. I think it'd be fair to say, otherwise, maybe they wouldn't be on Impact. You know, what I mean, no offense to Impact with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, uh, but what I'm noticing, Chris Bayer calling part, you know, uh, and, and becoming, I think, start this match off with Bay and Finley, uh, ended in the stalemate. Finley got the first match with drop kick. Juice tagged him, rolled up Bay. For, he then hit Bay with a red and sent on after finally gave uh, Finley gave Bay a back suplex. And then Bay hit Juice with a jawbreaker. Hikaleo and Gallows tagged in. Gallows asked for two feet, but Hikaleo gave Gallows a kick. And they traded punches and running tackles and nose cells. 
Bayley can only trade a quick tags to isolate Finley. Juice managed to tag in to work on Bay with serious hilarious. He gave Bay a backdrop and answered Nick Ralph punches. He hit Bay with a gut buster, but then Bay hit Juice. All the teams took each other out in the signature moves. Robinson hit Bay with a cannonball and hit Anson with a running palm. Finley got Bay with a suplex. Robinson got Bay with a frog splash. And Anson tagged into still the pin on Bay. Um, what were your thoughts on I thought this match was not bad. You know, uh, it had some good work there. You know, definitely some decent spots. Particularly Chris Bay and Finn Juice, I thought, impressed throughout the match uh, with a little bit of things that they were doing. I, I did think this was kind of TV-level style, you know, uh, even though it was great moments and I thought it was paced pretty well. Uh, the finish really gives me just – like, that finish has been done to death, and I, I'm not trying to be hard on, uh, you know, these guys in this particular match. But, like, this is bound for glory. I, I expect, you know, com- a culmination of, you know, of a story or something in this, you know, when it comes to a match on a pay-per-view. And uh, winning in that way, in that in that fashion, I guess is typical Good Brothers. But at the same time, it, it's just not really uh, – I think they could have did it in a better way, honestly. It, but maybe that's just me being nitpicky. Uh, but I honestly didn't really believe the other contenders really had a chance. So that kind of took away from the match uh, also. So, uh, But the good bros retaining is uh, hopefully something fresh and someone new will be coming for those titles at some point soon. But uh, I don't think it was either going back to Finn Juice, like you mentioned earlier, who had it earlier this year, or going into the Bullet Club's hand. I think the thing about this, it's the biggest show of the year. I don't think with the biggest show of the year, if you're going to have a tag team like this, which you say you think the Good Brothers are going to retain, then you don't kind of devalues right. not what the Good Brothers do, but just the match. And I know, you know, you don't compare it to WrestleMania, but, you know, I pay for you as well when people are paying money to not, to kind of give a match that matters, you know. Like I said, you've got the G.O.D. and the Good Brothers, but our New Japan say, no, we want Gisara's. And then you're right. kind of having no wait until January. For them is... They're going to the last six. Well, where they're going to be signed with WWE. Um, <laughs> Sorry, no. <laughs> the match was fine and then it just suddenly ended. Yeah. Uh, I think the Good Brothers have wrestled less than Sammy. And one thing I did like, like, shouting his mouth. Um, but then again, this time. <laughs> yeah, he's a great talker, man. It's just great. I just love it. You wait till I get there. Uh, I'm going to give this a three and a half out of five. And- yeah, uh, and I, I also want to mention that, like you mentioned, that this is one of their biggest shows, or if. Not the biggest show of the year. And you don't want a tag team championship. WWE does this too. And I get on them uh, on my show uh, when I get a chance or whenever I think about it, I, it, it aggravates me. You should never have on a major show, especially a pay-per-view, that you want people to pay their money for. You should never have a, a, a tag team title match or something, or a title match in general that feels like filler. And this match, is as decent as it was at times, just felt like filler to me. Will we get a Minori Suzuki debut vignette airing? It's still coming soon. We'll talk about that after Bound for Glory. We see Jim in it reviewing Christian Cage about his match against Alexander. Cage said he appreciates what Josh gave up. Also gave a lot up. He talks about helping him coming back up after to pass. It's not ready to do so. He said it burns his soul for losing the Impact title. The crowd, his wife and child, and the and still champion. We then get Pratso with Mickey James hype. Package airing, and they get the entrance for the knockout championship match. Um, if Penza hands the introduction, but Mickey jumped the gun. Delo thought the bell didn't ring, but Striker claimed the match started. Delo was right. 
Look, that's not how it's supposed to work. Just listen to D-Lo, Matt, all right? Shut your mouth and just listen. It's, I hate when people are like, you know. And then he goes, oh, you were? That's why I said it. Anyway, we sing side. Jonah managed to recover. Uh, pumped, uh, the bell actually in a dominated backdrop. Kicks and a finish in a Mickey DDT. But Jonah kicked out of two. Mickey escaped down a Scotch pole driver and put him in a future R arm bar. But Mickey did a butt fight. Uh, Deanna hit Mickey with Green's Gambit finisher. But Mickey kicked out. So both kicked out of each other's trademark moves. Deanna brought the chair in the ring. The referee grabbed it and put it on. Uh, Mickey bit Deanna on the top rope and actually gave, gave the referee a seated sent on. Ref bump. I wouldn't mind taking this to be fair. Uh, Deanna went for a chair shot but made a mick kick. Referee recovered and counted two for the palm strike on top. But the break for the top rope. Mickey recovered with a back kick. DDT for the victory. Yes, your new knockout champion, Impact. It is Mickey James. What were your thoughts on that? I thought this was really, really cool. You know, it had this match had a lot of drama going into it with the build. I saw the video package. And based on the promos going into it, you can tell this was uh, a big deal for both ladies. And, uh, you know, and... and it, and I thought that Mickey, not only in her promo, but just in the way she attacked in this match, you could tell she really wanted this or really was uh, happy to be in this position. And I thought, I don't think Mickey missed a beat at all in the ring. And even though, honestly, I don't think she's ever been accused of that. Uh, Deanna has been on a road, probably the great one of the best runs in wrestling, even though she probably don't get the love or attention that she deserved because of the impact. But uh, Perrazzo definitely showed – honestly – before she left WWE, I thought she was one of the best. But her run uh, in Impact has really, really, you could tell she's just gotten more experience, supremely confident in who she was, completely different person than who she was uh, when they were sending her out for random matches in NXT. Uh, but anyway, uh, this is, you could tell she's been in big match situations because this felt like a big match. She has some very brutal spots uh, in there. that uh, I, uh, Plenty of times I thought Mickey lost this match, but, uh, you know, uh, I I expected the champion to win this title, win our title back many times in this match, but it was a true feel-good moment when Mickey did prevail. You know, seeing her as champion again, I can understand the value in it, uh, even though, like I said, it is the typical. I thought since they did the typical impact thing with the inspiration, they may not go that route with Mickey James, but, of course, you know, uh, right back, to the, in the saddle, I guess you could say for Mickey James. Not bad though. I'm not mad about it. I gave it 3.75 stars. I thought this was really, really strong, and I really enjoyed this match. Uh, but you know, uh, I don't. Also, didn't think it was like uh, special. And sometimes when you do the uh, false finish thing, sometimes it can be a little bit overdone. I'm not not accusing these ladies here because I thought they all worked. I thought they worked hard, and I thought this was good. But uh, at times it was a little bit much, if you see what I'm saying, what they were surviving from each other. But either way it go, uh, that may be just my little nitpick moment. I thought. Yeah, I think without doubt. I think. Uh, well, then again, maybe I was expecting too much. I thought it was good. Time was off a little bit. Uh, I was really looking for. I don't think Mickey should have won, but you know what, what do I know? But I think stride. I'm gonna give it a four. Right. Uh, and I wasn't really a hundred percent. With it, if you know, if you know what I'm trying to say, uh, predictions. I will say we didn't do predictions for the Good Brothers either. We all went Good Brothers, apart from you, Monty, in that one. You went Bullet Club, 
So Jaxie does get a first of the day. <laughs> so I think that is uh, two there. Predictions for Parazzo and Mickey James. All went Parazzo apart from Jaxie. So she's on a roll. She's going to catch us. There we go. Jaxie is Let's back go. in here. Level as we head into the main event. The main event started just after midnight at five o'clock in the morning in the UK. Maybe Impact shouldn't have bent back for Dynam. The crowd, you know, getting tired as well at this point, I suppose. Um, yeah. But our main event, Christian Cage versus Josh Alexander for the Impact World Championship. Uh, both men can get the video early going. Alexander gave Christian a neck first German suplex. The camera's wife and son at ringside. Uh, Christian escapes a powerbomb attempt by Josh. Josh counts Christian's punches. Break a powerbomb. Christian Alexander will reverse the two count. Uh, and then Christian reverses an ankle lock into a rear naked choke. But he reversed the choke by pressing Christian's shoulders into the mat. He reversed his spear into a chaos fury as well. Alexander turned a cross face into an ankle lock. Um, he, Alexander reversed the kick into a sharp shift. Striker made a Montreal screw job reference for some reason. I guess because he's a knob. Uh, Christian grabbed the bottom rope for the break. <laughs> and a backdrop Christian off the top. Alexander missed a moonsault. Walked into Christian's spear for a two count. Uh, Dio kept saying kill switch engage. Uh, Christian shoved Alexander <laughs> off the top rope. And hit Alexander with a fog splash. Alexander reversed it. Put Christian call lock. Alexander stepped on Christian's hand to prevent the rope break. He tap out. New Impact World Champ Josh. Alexander, we see Christian recover and grab the world title. He put the title on him a hug. Christian allow Alexander to have his moments. Josh Wyphon's in the ring. Matt Stryker started to cry. Sounds really fucking <laughs> weird. I mean, it is yes, just so it weird. Uh, what were your thoughts on your main event? Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I ignored D-Lo and Matt Stryker for most of this tonight. Uh, but I must say that uh, this match is really good. It was compelling. Uh Christian is just still such a really good ring general. You can tell. Uh, I think when he was uh, in his prime, he was really great at this. And I thought this is another, uh, you know, at this point in his career for him to still be this good. He probably is underappreciated. We've been given a lot of people have a lot to say and a lot have as rightfully so give it has been given edge his flowers for his return. But I think Christian has also with his in ring work since returning has been top notch. So I think we got to thank both of those guys for what they're able to still do in the stores, they're still able to tell. Uh, and Josh Alexander, uh, I thought he would look great, as he always does to me, uh, channeling a little bit of inner Kurt Hangle, uh, you know, for this match. You know, I, I, the intensity that he brought. And uh, and then once you get to the actual moment of him prevailing and embracing along with his family, you know, I mentioned something. I mentioned uh, the Heath and Rhino as a feel-good moment, but this is genuinely one of those moments that you really, really enjoy wrestling when, when they happen, when the – you know, uh, someone attain something that they worked so hard to get to. And uh, you can just see it in his eyes how, how proud he was of that moment. And, you know, besides Matt Stryker's annoying, you know, uh, voice, you know, I thought this was pretty, really, really good, you know. Uh, and, yeah, I, I gave the match four stars. I didn't necessarily think uh, – it. I probably may, may have thought this match would be better in my mind than it was. But uh, I, I'll explain my star rating more after you explain what happened after that feels good, yeah. <laughs> I mean, both men are so excellent, so maybe stars, but the night as a whole felt like, but at least everything is all right for Alex. Uh, we see Moose <laughs> yeah. running out. Things are looking asking, up. <laughs> he's asking to cash in his trophy. Oh, whoops. Uh, it is the world title on the line. Moose hit Josh Alexander with a quick oh. spear, full of win. 
in 007, a new impact champ, the wife and child crying, all good moment, <laughs> at the biggest show of the year. I mean, come on, fuck. It, 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 I hated that result, man. It just, it didn't make any sense. You literally have a pack. They even wrestled, like Christian and uh, Alexander's match, in my opinion, was was more of a passing of torch style. Like the way to match the story they told felt like a passing of the torch moment. And then immediately you have that just ruined, with, you know, squashed easily with a spear, with no problem. And like you said, family just, you know, unhappy and in tears and just, I don't, I just didn't understand. It was a swear for the sake of a swear. It felt like, I just didn't. I didn't get it. It also makes me realize that Vince McMahon or whoever came up with the concept of cashing in the way uh, money in the bank uh, worked for a long time. Man, what a good bad idea that turned. This is an example of why it can be a very bad idea because I just don't understand doing it in this moment. Uh, you know, of course, I think Moose can be a good villain. I mean, come on. I mean, honestly, what the story right itself. You just embarrassed him in front of his family. I know it's a story that they can tell with this, but honestly, I just didn't understand. I didn't understand why they had to do it in this way. And uh, you know, maybe time will tell, but uh, it just didn't make sense to me uh, the way they decided to go about this. Uh, Moose may be a really good champion, and it may even work. Maybe a great villain for for this role, uh, but uh, I, I just man, it, it just left a bad taste in my mouth, and uh, I, I don't think that's what you want to do. Like you said, closing out your biggest show of the year, uh, you know, when you seem to be crowning a new champion, making a new star, and you immediately do it that way. I, I, I just don't get it. I, but impact is going to impact. But this is the thing, and I've been watching it now for a year, and after, oh, what's the fucking... Like, I've spent money on a main event, and they've done this. If they'd done it on the next impact, you'd be going, okay, that maybe makes... A little bit more sense. I understand right. why it's, you know, or blood for Alexander, but it's like, we're never going to get the payoff, you know. And like I said, Banff Glory's built up so much, but in actual fact, felt like I've seen better impact specials. And I think, for, like you said, yeah. the biggest show, seen that with the women's match, with the main event, with the tag team, we expected a little bit more. And I think the show had kind of stopped before the Call Your Shot Battle Royal. We would have gone, oh, it feels, and they were the only kind of, big deal, you know, outside of kind of impact, after all the build of Bound for Glory, a different company, we really didn't, uh, and it's just a bit of a head scratcher. It almost feels like they right, ex- exactly, it almost feels like when they were pitching it and when they were building it up they had just a, li- a major list of names agreed, ready to go, and then it's just like everyone bowed out in the last minute or something like, you know what I mean, like that's almost what it felt like, because like you said, the build and the energy around it, the the hype, the energy around Bound for Glory going into it did not match what I watched, uh, you know, uh, the other day. It just felt like, like you said, it felt like a, just a regular impact. Some of the, like I said, some of these matches, I promise you, if I just watch a regular impact show, I probably see better or around the same content. So, yeah, you would want more when you, like you said, biggest show of the year, you're making people pay for it. You're coming out of your main event, and we all know that when you when you do that, that's what you're paying your money for. The main event. It's just like imagine if we would imagine if you go to WrestleMania and Bianca's even after you know she she prevails over Sasha, and then I'm just using Charlotte as an example here, but like Charlotte won that Mania if I remember it right, and Charlotte popped up with this you know out of nowhere title match, and she just takes the belt in second. 
imagine that Adamania. You know what I mean? Like, I understand that we had the Becky Lynch and the Bianca thing happen at SummerSlam, but at least it was a little shock factor that at least she felt like a big star returning. You know what I mean? Like, you can at least take that from the segment. Um, in this particular case, doing it like that, when you see Moose early in the night, when, like you said, you could have saved this for his coronation on the next impact. Like, it, 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 like I said, it's just a, a bad, a misstep in many different ways, in my opinion. And I thought overall this show could have been uh, much better. We're going to give it out of 10 then. I think overall, uh, let's see, I wrote down 7 out of 10. I thought it was good. It had issues. And I, I didn't think anything was glaringly bad, like embarrassing bad, embarrassingly or bad or anything like that. Uh, it was solid in that way, but it, I, I also thought it was nothing really special. And if this is supposed to be bound to glory, bound uh, bound for glory, this is supposed to be uh, one of your biggest shows. I expect at least some special moment, something to stick out in my head from the show after watching it. Uh, maybe if Alexander preve- uh, prevails in the end, in the night as champion with his family, you could at least take away that moment, you know, uh, and be like, you know what, this was. This is a positive end to to a you know had had its flaws, but it's still a positive end to a decent or to a good show. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I thought this was solid, but not a great one. Well, but this is what we've just we kind of done a scientific experiment when you think about it. Because like I said, I've been watching Impact since the start of the year, so I've kind of been built up, invested, realized, starting to like you know a few guys and come to the bigger show. The using someone who I know is wrestling fan and knows their stuff to impact for the first time and i think we both felt exactly the same with this pay-per-view someone come watching it you didn't get this wow factor of like and i didn't get the reinvestment of like the payoffs you know like uh, right. even when you know the biggest pay like it is for volta that that payoff there kind of made up right. for so all the nxt uk programs where we didn't you know have the kind of big shows and stuff like this and you felt with impact cool. yeah kind of for me, it's an eight. It's a real shame, really. All the major matches kind of didn't deliver. And the thing is, if Impact are hyping it, hyping it, hyping it, you go into that hype. And it's their own fault then, you know. <laughs> don't just right. say what you're going to get is what you get. Because I even think, you know, before this all Bray or Braundry, I didn't think the match if they could. And when you've got Diana Pratt, who's been the best woman arguably in the world, this and it didn't go through. Alexander, in my mind, you know what I mean? There's a lot of... I still think the main event was the best matchup. Yeah, uh, I think the main event ended up probably being the best work match. Yeah, I like Alexander. I think, but two match. I think the two matches I would definitely recommend is Alexander and uh, you know I would go ahead. And, I actually would recommend Mickey and Perazzo too. I think, like I said, it could have been better, but I don't. I think it was a uh, like especially just uh, overall for the show things that stick out for overall for me. Mickey's moment stuck out. I thought the triple threat with Trey Miguel prevailing that moment stuck out, and I think Josh uh, Josh Alexander and Christian had the uh, the best match. Of I think Trey was my uh, MVP of the night just performance. I yeah. think he went. He was wrestling like his special event, and you can tell that by the motion. I agree. I believe Trey Miguel deserves uh, the MVP. He that energy, the way that moment felt. I agree. That's that's one of those reasons why I think again. Maybe that's another thing that made the rest of the show kind of let you let us down because they started off with a very, very great, like very not only good intensity, but just an, uh, an energy that was infectious and made you feel like impact was on to something here. 
Uh, and like you said, it just kind of went off the rails from uh, not too long after that. But, yeah, Trey Miguel definitely deserves a mention for MVP. And final predictions for that one. Uh, in the end, we all went Alexander apart from Jaxie. So she ends with two points. Uh, Monty, you ended with an ultimate one and my five draw. And again, overall, you know, quite dis- uh We've got a couple of impacts. On, uh, the next impact we had, Moose, because it doesn't matter yeah. how elite you are, tribe, your <laughs> chief, the boss, the man, the woman, the king, the queen. It doesn't matter what day you hold a title. Hell, you can add a new day to the week. I'm still the greatest champion in all wrestling. Did he mention everybody? <laughs> <laughs> he had a checklist. He definitely had a checklist when he was coming up with that one. You know what I mean? Made sure he uh let everyone know that he's uh, views himself on the same level of a lot of the best in the world. Uh, you know, but I, it's a similar thing with Impact. It, it, it's funny to me. Anytime someone from Impact mentions other companies or say that they're on the level of the other company, it's like it's funny how Impact's booking or something in Impact reinforces the opposite. So it's just like. <laughs> Like they they say that and they put themselves on that level and then you're underwhelmed because uh you know the booking is inconsistent or whatever the situation is uh with impact but uh yeah I, I think Moose definitely deserves to be in the conversation of, of like when you when it comes to his work and when it comes to his potential and I love the energy there but uh you know I I don't know I don't think he's on the level of a lot of those guys he's talking about there but. There's nothing wrong with that uh, confidence, though, or at least uh, giving you insight to what type of champion or what type of run this is going to be uh, when it comes to moves as a character. Yeah, I think without a doubt. And, and on the burst impact as well, uh, the X-Vision Championship match is well worth looking at. Trey Miguel talked about Romero. These two guys absolutely stole the show, and we found out Eric Young is 100% fit now as well, which is good to see. The main event was a little bit boring for me, Ace Austin versus Chris Sabin, but not too bad. And then into the second week as well. Um, again, the, the main story on this, well, first off, we see, we're wondering uh, who Mickey James's next challenge would be, would it be Perazzo? Uh, Madison Rain and then Mercedes came out uh, to challenge you a match. If you're wondering why, because knocked the pay per view on the October uh, final. Rachel Frost, Andy Lawman, Tasha Stills v. Senegal. See Dylan Pratt, who uh, defeated Masha Slammerville's match. Then knockouts in finals. Ellerin in a great match. Tasha C. Green and Mercedes in the final for that. Savannah Evans defeated Delish Edwards, Jordan Grace, Kimberly in a Monsters Ball match. And in the main event, Decay beat the influence. What are your thoughts on uh, Martinez that will get you excited? Yeah, I, I think it's a, a really good opportunity for Mercedes. Uh, Mercedes is always, in my opinion, has the, have the potential to have really good matches when she get, uh, when she's unleashed and allowed to do what she does best. Uh, so uh, I don't think her – I think her and Mickey will do fine. They're both veterans. You know what I mean? They're both very experienced. So I'm, I, I expect – you know some good some good uh, work in that match. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's really really good. I don't. I do say though. I will say this: that it sucks that Mercedes is next up, kind of because it's just. I think we all know new champion. This is how it goes. It's very very rare that new champion is going to lose that very first contender or lose to that very first contender. But I think the story that they could tell and uh, the type of match that they could have 
physical, uh, nice contest that Mercedes Mercedes is used to putting out there, I think they'll be fine. I think it'll be really good. So, yeah, I, I liked her being next up when it comes to uh, Mickey James versus yeah, without a doubt. Uh, talk about them. It's a bit like NWM tree referees and ring announcers referees. It's another great something the match out of ten. So that's what's annoying. Great special and then let them down with the pay fee, which we spent money on. And then if you watch before the impact as well, which you can on, because the thing is with with stuff in England, it's not kind of access, but you got the impact app. Yeah. And you don't need to watch Impact and the specials without having to actually pay in. And so people that paid, uh, I think it was £20 for the right. pay-per-view, you put BTI on with the highlights. Of the- Hang on. At least with WWE, they kind of still that still picture type thing, you know, rather than being yeah. But again, that's something that I'm uh, on the second Impact that we had, um, which was probably, it was a banger of a show, really, because like I said, Rain... Uh, and we had Finn uh, and the Good Brothers went for no kind of bullet club came out and with multiple low blows. And we're going to get the exact same match we had before Bound for Glory, which is Finn Juice versus Bullet Club. The winner faces the Good Brothers. And I think we're just wasting time like to, to the G.O.D. came. <laughs> like, it, it's just, I was going, yeah. I've seen it's this I think exactly the same. Yeah, it's getting sad. I I want to I want to go back. I know you mentioned uh, the, the the former special for Impact, and I just want to say so WWE is the only people uh, who's had a tournament with women where the where the matches were um, <laughs> afterthoughts. <laughs> Why? I just I just want to know. I just I don't know if you noticed the timing. You know, TBS tournament, TBS championship tournament. You know, theirs was in October. Uh, Impact had one uh, in October. So it's like it's funny uh, when you mention how many tournaments, <laughs> how many uh, uh, good examples of a tournament for women that we that we just had recently. Uh, but anyway, besides that, uh, yeah, the tag division, I, like I said, obviously the most glaring lack of depth that you can ever see is when you have a blow off, I suppose it blow, I guess it was supposed to be a blow off match. Where both of these teams had a shot at this team and did not win, so now they're going to fight each other <laughs> to get another shot at the same team that they did not. They neither one of them could beat. Yeah, just oh man, just man, you can just see the creative gears turning for that story. <laughs> well, said it's a very, very event. Main event for Impact was Impact World Champion Moose, W. Morrissey, Suzuki, the Matt Cardona. <laughs> And Eddie Edwards, the Japanese down after Ratnam, the action he countered and delivered a gotch pile driver. Morris, he rocked Edwards with a big boot and had a win. Um, Moose was made to an tag match, and uh, Morris, he agreed to be his partner if he was a total shot. I don't know if we're going to get that at turning point. But uh, Minoru Suzuki, I've got a couple of questions because I want to ask you because I've been strong, really dying about that. Uh, but what do they sing yeah. for Minoru's entrance? Because I want to. It's Kaz Na Ni Nore. So uh, it, it, I don't want to know. I don't really know exactly what it's translated. I want to. I know the name of the song because I want to be a lonely warrior, uh, at least in there. But yeah, it's Kaz Na Ni Nore. Kaz Na Ni Nore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Right, that's cool. Yeah. So, anyway, it was a banging match, but what can someone like Suzuki I'm, bring Impact Wrestling? He's been killing in the United States for a while now. Huh? He's been on, been on, he's on a roll here uh, when it comes to uh, working in the United States. He's he's uh, he's great. I think anyone, uh, honestly, 
I, I'm so happy that he's had a chance to go to AEW and uh, fight that match with Brian Danielson because it's a great reference point for me to just start turning people to. Just go to YouTube and watch Brian Danielson and Suzuki, and that's what he brings. He brings intensity, great striking, unbelievable, like, shoot toughness. You know what I mean? He's he's unbelievable. Uh, Don't even mention his age. He's a, He may be older. But if you mention that, he will beat you up for it. Uh, he's just unbelievable in the ring. Uh, he's the king of pancreas, like legit shoot fighting. He has a he has he has the uh, he has everything, all the accomplishments, not only in Japan but just like even in MMA when it comes to uh, not in Japanese wrestling but even in MMA. So he's legit, a legit tough guy. He's absolutely sadistic. My, uh, my introduction to him watching him in New Japan, he was literally. A sadist who, you know, loved when he got, he loved pain. I've seen him smile when he gets dropped on his head. He's absolutely uh, out of his mind. But you get to see, uh, but, but at the same time, technique and like, just race. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, he's saying out of his mind at the same time. He's so technically sound. He's really, really good. So, uh, if you really like Zack Sabre Jr., uh, style, it's the reason why he's in Suzuki Goon. It's because uh, he's legit. In the ring, when it comes to submissions, when it comes to striking, the same way as Zack Sabre Jr. is, but he takes it to another level of aggressiveness and toughness. And uh, man, Suzuki is a positive to any locker room he's in. The amount of knowledge on that man, oh my goodness, I, I can't even give you. I, I, I can, I can't give it. Can't do any of you guys any justice. Uh, but that, he's a true legend, and he's he's valuable anywhere he is in the world. Well, this is the thing, and I don't know next time we're going to be doing Impact, and I don't know if like, it's a dubbing on podcasts, but I think we'll definitely be checking in. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, one of the things I think is yeah. quite interesting is, obviously one of the many reasons I started watching Impact was the AEW, AEW Impact relationship. Now, now that down for glory, did it really have that much? <laughs> Pun intended, huh? Oh, yeah, sure. Um... <laughs> I'm so good at uh, that real life. Yeah, right. Effortlessly now at this point. Uh, but when it comes to that, you know, I, I've seen a lot of arguments about it. You know, what was the positives for Impact uh, and all of that? And I agree. They didn't really get a chance to showcase much Impact talent as much as, uh, I mean, I guess if you count the Good Brothers. But, I mean, as far as I know, the AEW fans didn't, didn't don't want to see more of the Good Brothers. You see how fast they got them out of the door when the relationship was over. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I don't really know what to tell you other than I guess it get, like the Christian match with Kenny was a great moment. But again, that moment happened in an AEW ring. So uh, I can understand all the arguments against it and how much it actually helped Impact. Uh, you know, I can make a case that New Japan is probably doing a lot more for Impact at this point because a lot of their guys have been showing up and helping out uh, off and on for, for for the better part of a year at least. That I that I know of since New Japan have been allowing them to travel, uh, so you know uh, I I think Impact and New Japan's relationship seems to uh, be I don't know if it's stronger than ever, but it seems to be way stronger than whatever AEW Impact had worked out. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely understand all the arguments against like how much it actually helped Impact in the long run because. You know, uh, Kenny Omega as their champion, it did great things for Kenny's belt collector gimmick. And I guess you can, uh, you know, if you you appreciate Don Callis, I guess he was he's a positive, too. Uh, I mean, but other than that, 
it's really hard, as you can see, for me to figure out any positives for impact television, if you know what I mean, other than maybe the few times Omega showed up and worked matches like with Rich Swan and a couple other moments that I thought were really good. But yeah, uh it was a one sided uh affair creatively almost if you ask me. Well, it's really weird because I was going to ask you as well about the NJPW impact. Well, and a touch that's going to impact any AEW. They're kind of not on the same. They're kind of same level that maybe impacts the New Japan. Yeah. People the names over the seeing. I think you can have an. You could have an impact NJPW pay per view that would actually be quite. Yeah, and I, I know we're going to talk about this at a later date, but like the stuff of Ring of Honor because we know how close New Japan and Ring of Honor have been. They've done super cards together that have made some great moments. In wrestling, so you know, getting that relationship to where you can possibly get a supercar or get you know use some of Impact's fans. Like I said, it's guys who popping up like Alexander who who's great in Impact, but I watch him you know also hone his craft in New Japan Strong at times. I've seen yeah. TJP be on both shows. There's a lot of people who have you know get, given time to Impact off and on, but at the same time also working within the New Japan system. So. You know, I think it's gradual. It's a gradual thing, especially with traveling in Japan, uh, you know, opening up and a lot of people are being allowed to go back there and also come back to America. So it's just a lot of things that I think that they're they're trying to figure out. But, yeah, I think New Japan's relationship with them would be more beneficial going forward uh, than what happened uh, with. I mean, even already, you can see Finn Juice is literally like we just mentioned, the only credible tag team they want to throw at the Good Brothers. The Good Brothers relationship with Japan, we don't even know if they're going to end up back there and like, or, you know, they still, and we know they want to still do business with Japan. So it, it just makes a lot more sense when you really think about it uh, for Impact to work with New Japan at this moment. I think without a doubt, and just touching on Japan quickly, because we are wrapping up now, and of course we'll uh, talk about the live show uh, next week as well. But it was power struggle, and I did see Kenta finally was title. We've been waiting that for a very, <laughs> yeah. very long time. I've not been able to watch it yet because I'm not going to watch Japanese, so I'm just waiting for the English. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, I, I, I can understand, and I'm not trying to, and I'm not trying to sway you otherwise. But the Japanese commentary is is some. I will say is some of the best energy. Like if you want to just <laughs> feel the energy, you may not understand a word they're saying. <laughs> But man, if you're in the middle of a good match and they're just going at it and you're just letting them go, oh man, I swear they're speaking English sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you probably understand it. You're probably multilingual. You don't realize. Next time you go I don't Japanese, even know. Next time That's you go to a Japanese point. restaurant and suddenly you're talking to the guy, you're like, you're ta- talking Japanese. Like, Am I? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't it's a, it's a possibility. It's a major possibility, man. <laughs> Who knows? But then again, I was just about to say, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much uh, for joining. You are a true member of our team trying to do this. And I've got you next month as well, so there's nowhere you can go. <laughs> <laughs> it's official. He's working me to death, y'all. <laughs> working me to death. <laughs> well, like I said, it was a bit of a kerfuffle, but we managed, like I said, heavily rely on yep. you. And we'll be back for live show. Don't forget, we're across all social media, Twitter at the WR Podcast. I'm at Monty Wagner. At Mind Monty Pod. And uh, yeah, I'm tweeting out links or anywhere you uh, look up, uh, at, anywhere you look up the Mind of Monty Podcast, you can find 
uh, my newest podcast audio. And you can check out my Twitter page right now. You can get all the links right there on my link tree. And give my uh, my newest episode a listen as we talk about typos. Uh, it's a very interesting conversation there about uh, typos. Uh, a little bit of news that happened in the past week in the wrestling world. And we're definitely going to talk about those latest WWE releases also. So give that a listen if you get a chance. And give me a follow at Mind Muncie Pod. I appreciate it. We'll dub it also on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, email com, YouTube, podcast, whatever. We'll latest clips and podcasts at the same time. You do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify. So that is it. Our next episode with us next weekend for WNR Live. AEW Full Ooh. Gear. Full Gear. I mean, how ex- genuine excitement, unlike today. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't wait. Like, it's, a, it's, a, it's like four or five matches on there, man, that I'm like, Oh my goodness! I I'm, I got goosebumps thinking about him before we even get there. So yeah, I can't wait for them. Said I'm um, hopefully Oldman can join us, but Jaxie all for that one. Of course, we're gonna have all mass right. debate. We've got games as well. All that Jaxie will be joined W Prelude, which will be five episodes catching up with Dynamite and Rampage. But that is it. Uh, I have been James Rose by the fantastic again. Thank you so much for joining me. No problem, no more. Anytime, anytime. Uh, thanks for having you on and thanks for this everybody and bye